Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. On today's episode of Aim Higher, we're talking all things confidence, and in particular, leadership confidence, how to cultivate leadership confidence. You know, let's talk about self-confidence, because we hear about that a lot in the news, and self-confidence is something that we all discuss and think about. What is self-confidence? Well, to me, self-confidence is that feeling that we know we can do it, that feeling that we have the ability that we can aim higher and achieve our goals. Now, to some, achieving confidence or hitting confidence feels like a fleeting illusion, might be a mirage, like in the desert, in their dreams, they'll never get to it. But others learn to tap into the radiating power of self-confidence. As we think about confidence, though, I want to talk about something that it is often mistaken for. There is a difference between self-confidence and arrogance. See, arrogance is destructive. Arrogance is false. Arrogance breeds a negative response and a negative environment. Confidence is entirely different. It's really the armor for everyday battles. The armor for everyday battles. Confidence is something that brings people to you and sweeps people into your mission in a very powerful way. Arrogance drives people away. And it's also interesting because the same behavior can be viewed by two different people as arrogant or confident. And that is something that is also very, very interesting to see. I love things about confidence. And it's something I've studied my whole life since I was a teenager. I used to hear Zig Ziglar giving tapes. He said, you are the only person on earth who can use your ability. And I used to collect confidence quotes. I know Eleanor Roosevelt said, what could we accomplish if we knew we could not fail? And I think about that a lot. It's a question to ask your team. It's a question to ask your company. What would you accomplish if you knew you could not fail? And and Rand, Rand says, the question isn't who is going to let me, it's who is going to stop me. I think that Helen Keller, who has so many good quotes, said it really well when she said, optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. So confidence is so very important in life. It's so very important to a person. It's so very important to an individual player on a team. It's very important to a leader. It's important to a team to have confidence, an organization to have confidence. It's important for a nation to have confidence because it affects international relations. And it's certainly important for the world to have confidence. When confidence is destroyed, it leads to very dangerous effects. It becomes a spiraling down. And if you lack confidence, you will lack the ability to achieve your greatest potential. And I believe that happiness is very related to confidence. You say, Skip, how can confidence and happiness be related? Because happiness happens when you're using your full extent of your skills. That is what success becomes. Success is the full utilization of all of my skills for the betterment of others in society. That's my definition. And so when we think about happiness, you're happiest when you're the most confident or you're 
trying something new and achieving something and really working toward a future confidence in terms of learning. So I think confidence is really vital. So let's just start off with confidence. And to do that, we have a fantastic panel. We have Tammy Spade, who is an expert on people, places, and purpose. People, place, and purpose. Mm -hmm. Organizations and leadership and all kinds of things. So Tammy, welcome back. Thank you. And we have Drew Bordis, who is all things operations. What we like to say is he just likes to get things done. If we need something to get done, we make sure that Drew is somehow involved in it. He'll, he'll write label it, it. Write it on the list and tell me that it's my job to make it go away. And you'll put it into a spreadsheet and somehow Sorry. it gets done. And we have Rebecca Kilzer. Welcome back, Rebecca. She's a customer experience expert, and she likes to solve all thorny problems and reach customers in a different way and look at how do we impact them and how does that customer experience relate back into the organization so that we take the voice of the customer back inside to an organization as well. So we have a great panel. What are your reflections as you heard me just wax on eloquently or not so eloquently about all things confidence? What were you thinking as I was talking about that? Well, I was thinking about what you mentioned regarding arrogance. And I think people sometimes think that confidence and humility can't coexist, but that's the difference with arrogance and confidence. You can be confident, but still be humble. It's hard to be arrogant and be humble. I just have to interrupt this by <laughs> saying this when you're talking about humility, because I heard on the radio just yesterday, this author talking about this book on humility and saying, my book is the greatest book on humility ever written. <laughs> and, and they were serious. It was not a joke. It wasn't a joke. And I stopped and I said to my wife, did you hear what this was? Anyway, side note. But you're right. Humility cannot coexist with arrogance, but humility and confidence can definitely coexist. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I think other things like extroversion or optimism sometimes can be confused for confidence. And they're not the same thing. You can be an extrovert and not have confidence. You know, it's like you said in the beginning of how it signals to others that can be very confused by somebody looking at a behavior and saying, is that arrogance? Is that confidence? Is that extroversion? Like what, why is that person acting that way? As a leader, I think it's good for you to be self-aware of how others may be viewing what you see as confidence and they may see as arrogance. That's good. How did it affect you when I was talking about the intro, Rebecca? Well, one of the things I was thinking about with confidence, and it has, you know, sort of been touched on with the comparison with the arrogance, is that I was thinking like, well, okay, so what, how do you define confidence, for example? I'm thinking like, it's the knowledge or the feeling that you can handle whatever it is that comes along, right? And knowing that you have either developed the ability to be a problem solver, to be able to learn what you don't know in order to do the next thing that you need to do. And I think, you know, when you think about that compared with arrogance, you, when I think about classic traits of a person who's arrogant, they, they know everything. You can't teach them anything. They already know, you know, there's that. And so when you think of confidence, it's the knowledge that you don't, you don't know everything, but you do have the ability to learn, the ability to do what needs to be done in order to, you know, continue to work on whatever it is, you know, in your personal life and your work life. And especially with leadership, it's really important because the people that you're working with often look to you for direction on 
How do you how do you think of this situation? What's your attitude toward it? And those attitudinal indicators are very powerful and I think are really related to when people perceive you as being confident or not. Well said. How, when we're thinking about leaders and self-awareness and the way that they're signaling, how does a leader best signal confidence without signaling, I have all the answers, which would be arrogance? I think it's so important because as the leader's confidence goes, so does the organization. So how does a leader both signal confidence, even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of being nervous, even in the midst of, I don't have all the answers, but I'm still confident in our ability collectively to figure it out and attack it to that very point. What would you say a leader should do? You know, one, you need to voice your opinion and your thoughts, right? Because you are the leader, your opinion counts. But truly, honestly, be open to other viewpoints. You could be wrong and get that conversation from your team to jointly then come up with a decision or a solution or something like that. It can't just be, hey, team, you figure it out without me because then you're not leading. But you don't want to just say it's my way or the highway or fakely say I'm, I'm interested in what everybody says, but it never actually turns out any different than what the leader wanted, right? You have to genuinely accept other people's viewpoints. And I think that is interesting because, you know, confidence goes two ways, right? It's confidence that you have in yourself, but it's also the perception uh, that other people have of you and their confidence and your ability to lead them in a way that's not going to steer them wrong. You know, those things are related in many ways to trust, your ability to communicate clearly, and, you know, acknowledge when you don't know or when you're not sure or there's still more to be learned and we have to figure this out and this is going to be part of our path is to work on it together. The greatest leaders, in my opinion, the greatest leaders are the ones who inspire you with confidence to do what you thought you could totally. not do. Oh, yeah. What you thought was impossible, the leader is able to instill a confidence in you. And Ralph Waldo Emerson had a great quote on this. He said, the man, I would add, or woman, of genius inspires us with a boundless confidence in our own powers. And that, to me, is the essence of leadership and confidence, where the leader is saying, you can do it. Even when you think, there's no way I can do this, or are you sure I can do this, or maybe in a few years I can do this. But instead of that, it's, I'm absolutely certain you can do this. Because then the bar's raised, and you know, when we have a leader that does that, we'll do anything to prove that leader right. That image that that leader has of us, we're like, well, if you think that, I better think that. And then we adjust our own thinking. What do you think about that? I think you've touched on something that occurred to me, and that is the view of belief. The belief is really at the core of confidence, and it's I can, we can, versus I can't or we can't. And sometimes it's okay to say, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do this, but that can even be done in confidence because then you're saying, but let's unpack this, let's tear this apart and figure out why or how we might be able to shift. I remember, Skip, you asking me to do something a few years ago that I had never done before, and you said, you can do this. And I was I thought, just thinking of that example. I thought, no, I don't think I can, but well, you know, if we assemble a team and, and you're we a get master good partners. And you're a master at it. I have to say that it probably was one of my favorite projects. But at the beginning, I thought, well, it'll either be one of the greatest learnings and accomplishments 
or the end of my career, <laughs> one <laughs> or the other, and I'll probably survive either one. So, but I think I think in those examples because I've done this. Drew, you can videotape these. Things. Yes, we we yes, I've have several that you've done to me, um, and and Rebecca has been given opportunities like that, and Tam, and all of us, right? I think when you're in a one-on-one situation like that, when you can voice to the other person, not only do I have confidence in you, right, but here's why I thought of you for this opportunity. Because it could be a skill set that that person genuinely has that they're just not thinking is going to apply to this situation. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not this thing over here, this functional expertise. I need a leader in there. And you're a leader. That that is so good because I've been in rooms where we were dealing with a thorny problem and no one could see their way clear. And the leader said, look, I'm confident we can do this because we've got this on this team and this on this team and this on this team. Right. And it was those specific Talent, skill sets, superpowers even, you know, mm-hmm. your superpower is this, your superpower is that. It's like you're getting ready for a big game. You know, it's like you're the coach. The coach doesn't stand there and go, you know, I hope we can win. <laughs> Their record's better than ours, but I mean, I hope we can. No, who wants to go into a, you know, game with that kind of attitude? You, you go in with, I, we can do this. Well, it also takes it beyond the, I think I'm supposed to tell everybody I'm confident, so I'm confident, right, into specifics, examples, reality. Makes it believable. Yeah. And it also lets the leader kind of unlock what's in their head of why, well, why am I giving this to you or doing doing this to you? Yeah. I also think as leaders, Tammy's joking aside of, you know, this great project where it'll be the end of my career. I think actually the leader really will give you a zone of safety to say, not only are you going to try this and do this, but I'm right there with you. And I think that's important too, because if if the leader says, go out there and walk out there on that plank, you know, go further out there, that's not going to signal confidence in you versus we're out there together. And I think that is uh, very important. I want to talk about some ways to boost confidence. And I was thinking about, let's go back to self-confidence. And I think there's some, some ways that you can increase your self-confidence. And one of the very first ways, some people dismiss it, some people think it's hokey, et cetera but it's actually mastering self-talk because your self-talk is the very first key to developing your self-confidence. If you're going to look at yourself, belittle yourself, and constantly be down on yourself, oh, I don't have the ability to do this. By the way, some people mistake that for humility, and it's not humility. It's bad self-talk. Oh, I'm not really good at this, and oh, I don't know about that. That's not, that's not humility. That's bad self-talk. Don't mistake those two things. For each other. So mastering your self-talk. And it's easier said than done because we have thousands of thoughts and more may come to us negative in one day. And how do you alter those to say, I can do this? How do I then visualize myself doing it? How do I build in positive affirmations that I can do it? And it doesn't mean you have to look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm good enough and gosh darn it, people like me and all of that. Though if you want to do that, knock yourself out. It's the importance is is mastering that self-talk, visualizing yourself succeeding, getting control of your mind, and that starts this process of building self-confidence. What do you think about that, and, and have you seen that to be effective? Have you done that deliberately, or are you all just masters of your self-confidence and your affirmations? As you were talking, I was just thinking about Tammy's comment about the coach, right? You're the only person who's with you all day long, usually, and you can be your either best or worst coach. For some people, I think it does come naturally. You know, they just don't think bad things about themselves, and that's awesome. 
But I think for others, I think the first step is being aware of it, right? Because some people don't even recognize. They'll be like, oh, I'm so stupid. You know, like say things like that to themselves. And to me now, I'm like, what? That Don't talk to yourself that way. If I hear my kids or anybody talking like that, I'm like, you can't say that to yourself. Because even if you don't really want to believe it, you do. Self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yes, you hear it out loud. And it, and it's becomes, it can become true. So I think it's really important, you know, to develop a discipline or a practice of telling yourself good things about yourself, you know, because it really makes a huge difference, right? Not just in confidence, but in the way that you interact with others and are able to get things it, done. It really, really does. And it makes me understand, and it's why I'm more empathetic, when I walk by Drew's office and I hear him saying, I am so awesome. I am so awesome. <laughs> and now I understand. The word, the word is frustrated. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the word. Not awesome. Yeah, but you, if you say frustrated, you got to switch it to awesome. Right. I, I am awesome. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not frustrated. Yeah, self-talk is so important. There's one thing I think that we do need to pay attention to, and that's culture and perhaps gender when you're talking about confidence, because what would be confident in one culture, particularly if you're part of a global team, what's confident in one respect might look arrogant in another. Sometimes something that looks confident in you know, a man might be perceived as arrogant in a woman. And so I think we have to be mindful of that when we're on diverse teams and just be aware Oh, I think we've, we've actually talked about not the, not the gender part, but the cultural part of different countries. You know, the, or your, my European friends will make fun of the, how much I say awesome. And so we've actually just kind of embraced it. And they've come to me saying, you know, Drew, I, this is going to be the most awesome project ever. I'm like, I think you're right. It is. But just being aware of it, that, you know, your way is not the universal way. Yeah. Well, when we do um, employee opinion surveys, one of the questions we might ask is, I'm proud to work for X mm -hmm. company. And the European staff that we have say, oh, I would never use that word. That would seem too self-focused mm -hmm. and you know, overly confident. So we do have to be cautious about that. And the language translation and everything else as well. What other ways can you work on your self-confidence? I would think self-talk is one and visualization and affirmation, et cetera. Also, I think there's some others. I'll just throw a few out. Health. The healthier you are, the more confident you are. I mean, if your health is failing and you're finding it difficult to make it through the day, you're not going to be as confident. And if there's a way that you can increase your health, do it, right? Just because of that, if not any other reason. Body language. Body language signals confidence. We've seen people slumped over and looking down, and there's a whole psychology around putting your shoulders back and filling a room and being confident, gesturing more, wider. You know, again, it's just cultural issues at play as well, but that can be important. Vocal tone is important. And so how do I use it? And, and there's something particularly noticeable in generations. And I notice in all generations, but in particular, younger generations, asking questions as I'm talking. And as I'm going to say something, I'm going to say, you know, I'm thinking I might have salmon for dinner. What happens is it is lowering confidence in your message because you're questioning yourself. You are not signaling confidence because instead of a period, also the new generations don't like that either in text, but we'll leave that aside. You're putting a question mark. And so after everything I say, I'm asking a question. 
And so you don't signal confidence. And another one I'll just throw out is how you dress. And I think people are getting more and more casual during COVID and I welcome that. But how you dress also has a play on your confidence. Even if you're alone, even if nobody sees you, if you dress up just a little bit more than you would, you probably will exude a little bit more confidence. And one of the lessons I always learned was dress to the next level that you want to go to, and you'll go there faster than if you don't. So just a variety of ways to think about in terms of self-confidence. I could go on and on about it, but these are just varying ways that signal to the world a sense of confidence in who you are, et cetera. In the age of COVID, even getting ready in the morning, brushing your teeth and practicing basic hygiene. You know, you think, well, nobody's seeing me on this call. I'm just on video. You will not be as confident as you would be if you got ready for work. So the, just a few minor tips. What, how's what, your thinking about this? What, the thought you triggered for me was also just building experience with whatever you're not confident with. I mean, it's I, I keep thinking of um, we push our children in school to do as many public speaking challenges or opportunities as we possibly can. And it's only because that's something you can actually learn to get over that I don't, I'm not afraid of public speaking anymore because I've done it a hundred times and nothing bad happened to me and it's all good versus somebody who grows up never having the experience terrified. and they're terrified. And so surely that applies other places as well to say, I'm worried about this. Well, then find a way to practice it. Find a way to get a little experience with it. You can't do it with everything, but it, it does help just to say, I did it once and I survived or I was successful or I lived or you know, so whatever important. the case may be. So important. Those things are self-confidence builders. The second area of confidence to me is relational confidence. One of the mistakes in my book is surrounding yourself with the wrong people. I think you need to remove people that tear you down. Don't give them the microphone in your mind because they are speaking into you. So yes, Rebecca, you are the person with yourself all day, the most, but then who else is around? And are they building your confidence or tearing it down? And if they're tearing it down, you need to get away from those people. Now, if they live in the same house as you, that may be a little more difficult. But in today's <laughs> world, we have earbuds. Like there's ways to do it, right? Put somebody's voice on inside your ears that's going to lift you up and be positive because relational confidence is such a big impact on your self-confidence. And the third level is organizational confidence. So you have self-confidence and then relational and then organizational confidence. How can you gain organizational-wide confidence? What are ways that leaders can increase confidence across the board? I think small wins is a- is That was a, the first on my list. See, That's awesome. This, you didn't even see this it. Is why small wins. This is why we've worked together for so long. I think small wins is a way to do it where you can try things, you can experiment a little bit, you're not betting the farm, you're not risking the company to do it. And if you do it right and you're successful, you can build on yourself and the team. And that way you're building those shared experiences to say, well, we tried that and we were wrong and it was okay. And we tried that over there and it worked really well and keep building and building and building. It does build confidence. Just try it. Experiment. Another one I was thinking of was gratitude. Just to build confidence. Become a noticer. Notice the things that are working and notice them and then more of them will appear. Be careful, though, because if you don't want it to appear, don't notice it. I remember when I joined this organization, somebody noticed that I like peanut M&Ms. They were appearing in every meeting. I was getting, I was gaining a lot of weight eating the peanut M&Ms. I do love them, though. But 
you want to be a noticer of things because if you notice and then you respond, wow, you did a really great job with that. I just was walking by listening to how you dealt with that customer and it was extraordinary. Those are the kind of builders, I think, in self-confidence that are really powerful because you you think about employees. I, I remember early in my career coming back home and saying, I ran into a vice president who said this to me. Wow. Like what an impact it had. So words are so powerful. And that gratitude that you express or notice about people, I think is such a big, huge component. Now don't make your day bad if you didn't get that compliment. That's the other feeling of it. But how do you feel gratitude and confidence are related? And has that happened to you? Have you noticed that? I think one of the things that's related to gratitude and confidence is it also serves as a reminder for the people who have done whatever they've done, even if they think it's sort of run of the mill, like expressing that was actually a really big deal. And here's why. Then brings it up to the status of one of those kinds of memories that stand out. And that's one of the things that I think for people who struggle with confidence or, you know, working on actively building their own self-confidence, those are touch points that you can go back to to say, oh, well, and when I don't feel very confident about this, I can be like, well, I did do that one thing, and then Skip said this thing to me, and then Tammy said this other thing, and those all point to my ability to do this. And so we have, then you sort of build this foundational experience that you can grow from. It's good, and when you do it publicly, yes. uh, not only does it build your self-confidence, but then other people want to emulate that too and say, oh, I want to do more of that. So right. I think I think gratitude is, is really powerful. Well, I think something we've done purposefully, and you taught me this years ago, but we keep doing it, is finding individuals to highlight. There's something powerful about it, even if the, what we're highlighting is not as powerful or important even as something a team of 50 people did over here. And there's ways to, to recognize that as well. But to say, look, I want this person to be highlighted for this because it was exceptional. Because the team gets it's so, so diluted. It does. Here's that, the that 700 almost, people that did this. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, and it is wonderful, yes. but it's so diluted yes. that it's not like – I always think about, you know, I ran home and told my family. And I don't know if you're going to run home and say, I was recognized with 700 people about this project. But if you were singled out, you know, one or two people for something, you would. I think that's pro- – I mean, at least for me, it's more meaningful. I think what recognition does for confidence is it's affirming. And most people, even if they don't recognize it, appreciate being affirmed. And it's modeling, like what Drew was just saying. You know, you're modeling the values of the organization. You're modeling accomplishments. It continues to build confidence in the entire organization and what it can achieve. Communication is another one for confidence. And that is as leaders explaining the why behind what's going on. I think that builds confidence. I've really been in organizations where the action is taken, the direction set, but we don't know why. So we don't have confidence in the direction because you don't know, well, really, why are we doing this? You know, th- think of uh, cynics, start with why, et cetera. But the why is, is important. Now, I don't think it's the end all. Some people think that's all it is. I mean, the how is important, the who and all that. But the why behind it, what are you communicating And of course, the flip side of building confidence and communication is really listening. I'm much more confident in our direction if I feel like the leaders have listened, asked for advice, been open to things and having the input. Now, I don't want them to be so open all the time that you 
really can just have the wind blow every other direction because, oh, wait, what? You said this? Now, oh, we can go that way then because then you don't have confidence in the direction. So you want to listen at the appropriate time, take the input. But that builds a lot of confidence because you feel like even if I disagree with the decision, it's well-informed, we had our say, everything's out there, and that builds confidence, I think, in the team to do it. So communication, both listening, talking, is, is so important, I think, in confidence. Have you seen leaders use communication effectively to build confidence? I think we all have in varying ways. And even countries, even political, uh, individual families, you can never get enough, never get enough communication. Mm-hmm. Everybody will say that. Mm-hmm. Well, especially in times of uncertainty, bad news, it's easy to communicate when you're winning and you're successful. It's easy. Those are fun. Right. But really being upfront with a team or an organization when you have bad news or when something didn't go your way and you're still the leader up there saying, well, this is what we're going to do or this is why this happened. And this is, you know, this is how we're moving forward. It can be really powerful. I couldn't agree more. The other thing about confidence and organizational wide confidence that is not always thought about, but to me, it's so obvious is strategy. So Did you do the strategic work? Because if you did, you're going to feel more confident in the ultimate plan. If there really is no strategy and you're careening from wall to wall and your organization is more like a pinball machine going back and forth, then you're not going to have that same confidence as if you set out a strategy and said, we're going to go into this market. Here's how. Here's when. And now you start to see visible clues that this is happening that builds confidence in the organization than if you either didn't communicate it or you didn't create it and you're just saying, well, we're going to look to see what happens. That's not going to build that confidence because the strategic direction, I think, is the foundation for organizational-wide confidence. But all three of these things, right, organizational-wide, relational-wide, self-confidence are incredibly important to leadership. And it's worthwhile to step back and think, how am I building my self-confidence? How am I building the self-confidence in others? How are we building the confidence in various teams? How are we building the confidence all across the company or organization? And then how do we end up with organizational confidence? Because you can start on one end or you can start on the other. Start with strategy or start with the individuals. Either way, all of those things together are what make a real arrow happen and just sail through the air at your target. Because you're confident you can go there versus, like I said, a pinball machine, which is the opposite. Careening from wall to wall. That is not confident. Do you feel confident? Do y'all feel confident today? I do feel confident. Yeah, pretty good. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We can rate you on, and at least you didn't say, yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. What do you think? (laughs) Which would not be good. So if you're listening to this podcast, I think that it's important that all of you try to aim higher by thinking about your self-confidence, managing your self-talk, surrounding yourself with the very best people, and making sure that your organization is targeted and strategic in what you do. All of these things will boost your self-relational and organizational confidence, and all of those things are what will enable you to aim higher and go right to the top. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. 
Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.